Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. It's week 17, and we've got a great podcast. I cannot believe this is where we're at in the regular season. Such an exciting time. Texans lock up the AFC South back-to-back years. So week 17 is just uh, icing on the cake. As the Texans know, they've got a ticket to the postseason. So we're going to keep the podcast rolling as long as the Texans are rolling, and hopefully that's a lot, lot longer. So this week on the podcast, we've got inside linebacker Zach Cunningham. High demand for this player to be on this podcast. We've got him. We've also got Jim Wyatt, who covers the Titans. He's a senior writer and editor for TitansOnline.com. He was just on a few weeks ago, so it seems like just yesterday. Jim is back on as well. He's going to talk about the Titans, how this game is so, so huge for Tennessee. It's win or in or go home for the Titans on Sunday. All right, before we get started, though, Texans fans, the coverage of XFi Xfinity can't be beat. You can stream your team all season long on every in-home device, no matter where you watch. This is Beyond Wi-Fi. This is XFi Xfinity, proud partner of the Houston Texans and proud partner of the Deep Slant podcast. Let's get things rolling. Let's start off with Zach Cunningham. He's a guy that I know a lot of people have wanted me to interview on the YouTube comments. By the way, this podcast is on YouTube, and by podcast, I mean the Zach Cunningham portion of the podcast. It's up on YouTube. So some of the comments, uh, people request uh, their favorite player. Zach is on there, and I just wanted to let you know, I do read the comments. I do see the comments. Zach is just more of an introverted guy, so doesn't like to do too many interviews. He likes to lay low, um, but, you know, we got him on the podcast, so was very happy to have him join. We talked about all things, his play on the field, those crazy linebacker outfits. He is the mastermind behind those, and I had a lot of questions for him about that. So take a listen. It's Zach Cunningham on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Zach, welcome in. So Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I know you just love doing interviews. Just <laughs> no, of course, of course. You, you're not a big media guy. You don't like to get in front of the camera. You kind of play it low key. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much since I was a kid. That's how I've always been. <laughs> I just want to say, we put this uh, interview up on YouTube, and a lot mm. of people commented they wanted to have you on here, so oh, wow. okay. better late than ever, <laughs> okay. you're on here. All right, you don't like interviews and attention, but you have been getting a lot of attention for your play on the field, mm. and also the game day outfits, and I know that you're sort of the mastermind behind the coordinated outfits uh-huh. of the inside <laughs> linebackers, so this year you guys have done, let's see, Space Jam, Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat, Dodgeball. Uh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. I think we did an all-black outfit one time, and not sure. Were those the we... ones with the triangular hats? No, that, that was, was that was the Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a lot of questions about those. Okay. First of all, <laughs> when do you come up with the idea for what you're going to wear for that week? Is it like spontaneous, or do you have this sort of mapped out? Uh, no, it's always sometime before the game starts. Like. Most of the time, it's been like the day before the game. I'll come and like the day before the game. Not where I decided, but where I like they don't even know what what I have for them to wear until like the, the night before the game. I'll bring it to the hotel and like, okay, this is what we're wearing for tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, there were a couple couple of weeks where like I you know had them prepared beforehand, let them know what we're going to be wearing for the week. It's a bit. I mean, as far as me deciding when or what we're going to wear. It's, it's been kind of random. I haven't really planned it out. I, I've had this discussion with John Harris. I'm like, do you think he orders on Amazon Prime like he does two-day shipping? Because if you come up with the idea to get everything right, in time right. for the game, four guys, you guys are big guys, so mm-hmm. I'm sure finding sizes aren't easy. Yeah. Are, are you yeah, actually yeah, out shopping yeah, for outfits? I've I, I actually been on Amazon Prime for, oh, okay. for most of the outfits. Some of them I had to actually go 
go to the stores and find stuff, but most of it has been Amazon Prime. All right, dodgeball. You had Dylan. I was th- th- I was really <laughs> fascinated by this. I was like, well, he's very organized. He's got it together. Dodgeball. You had Dylan Cole in the wheelchair. Yeah. That worked out very perfectly because not for Dylan, he was injured. Right, but right, right. It worked out well that he was the coach. So what, did you have that idea already planned or you were no, waiting for I'm, someone to go on IR to, to plan? No, 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 I definitely didn't have that one planned. Like, how did that happen? Uh, this was, I guess, after Dylan got hurt um, that, that week or the week before. Uh, one of the, actually, one of the guys in the training room had suggested that we uh, should, do, oh. should do that. And I, I was like, yeah, that's a, actually a really good idea. So we went ahead and uh, went, went with it. Very clever. All right, can you give us any idea of what you might do in the future, or is this still? Oh yeah, yeah. Secret? We like to we like to keep that a secret. Well, I mean, I guess if your teammates don't even That's know, in, you're insider not, information. Insider information. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see what you pull up. All right, the average Joe's that was the gym in dodgeball, mm-hmm. but you've been playing nothing like an average Joe this season. So year three, you lead the AFC in tackles. You've set like single season career highs in. Um, a number of categories. I mean, now let me just rattle these off. Tackles for loss, fumble recovery, sacks, quarterback hits. What's been different for you this year? Um, I guess for me, just getting more uh, acclimated to the game, you know, uh, you know, year to year, week to week, just getting more in tune with you know, how the, the play of the game, how, how uh, my role that I fit into the defense and just the way they get, that the game goes, just getting more acclimated to it. And then this year you've had some – pretty big plays on the field. Your speed is something else. Like that Whitney Merciless <laughs> interception. I know that he gave you a hard time. He said Zach should have given yeah, yeah, yeah. me a blocker <laughs> or something. But to watch you run across the field, you sprint, you, I mean, you were moving across yeah, the yeah. field that day. Yeah, I see what, I, I got you what talking about. Are you the fastest linebacker you think of the group? I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I know Dylan's, Dylan's pretty fast. Yeah. I, I, I would say it would definitely be between me and Dylan. All right, you recovered the fumble um, on the Angela Blackson second blocked field goal. Right, right, right. How cool was it to be on the field for a moment like that? Yeah, that was, that was crazy, definitely crazy. And I, I didn't even think I was going to get to the ball first because there was uh, one of the guys, I think Mingo, was uh, going to the ball before me. So that was definitely a crazy moment. <laughs> when, when a field goal gets blocked like that, I mean, it's happened two weeks in a row mm-hmm. for this team. Is it something that you're just sort of always on the lookout for it? Or are you? I was asking Angela why. I said, does it surprise you when it happens? He said he still gets sort of surprised. Yeah, yeah. It for, you know, it's still a surprise for me because I'm not used to that always happening, you know, especially like two weeks in a row or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Like When I picked up the ball, I wasn't even sure exactly where to run. I just went to the side. You made some headway on that play, yeah. too. What about some – you've faced some tough running backs, and this team's been pretty good against the run this year. Mm-hmm. Who has been – do you think the toughest challenge for toughest you? Toughest challenge. Uh, for me, I would definitely say McCaffrey. Uh, oh, yeah. He uh, definitely had a lot of su- surprising power that I wasn't expecting uh, when he ran the ball. And you can tell he's a, he works hard and he, he runs the ball hard. Yeah, and yeah. then you, you face, like Derrick Henry, you'll face him again, obviously. Mm-hmm. When you are working in the offseason, what are, what are some of the things that you have to work on to get better at what you do as a linebacker? Uh, as far as being a linebacker, it's, it's – a lot of just, just sticking with a lot of the fundamentals, like just uh, going through drills, you know, foot, you know, working on footwork. Uh, I guess for me in the defense, working on pass coverage as well. So I'm, you know, working on my drops and stuff like that. You and BMAC, you guys have been like a tag team duo for the last few years. How, how much have your ha, has your chemistry really developed over the last few years? Just having him next to you, and the two of you seem to be 
pretty good friends off the field too, but mm. just the two of you together, what you guys have been able to do. Yeah, we've uh, definitely been together for since I've been here for a good amount of time. We spent a lot of time together on and off the field, so that's definitely helped us as far as on the field. You know, being, you know, communication, not not even just verbal, just knowing, you know, got a feel for what you know the other guy's going to do, what what B man's going to do. He has a good feel for how I'm going to play a certain play. So that's that's definitely something that's helped us. Well, you, we, I mentioned that you lead the AFC in tackles. Do you think that's something where you're seeing the game differently? I mean, you've always been a, a good tackler on this defense, obviously. Mm-hmm. But to be able to get to where you need to be as the play's developing, is that sort of like things that the instinct has sort of taken over for you mm-hmm. in the game now in year three? Yeah, I'd definitely say a lot of instinct has uh, taken taken into effect, taken into account in, uh, in the way I play. I play a lot off, off of instinct. And I feel like that's, that's gotten uh, better and better as I've progressed in my uh, years of playing here. What's your favorite part of playing in this defense? I know you guys are asked to do a lot of different things, and mm-hmm. you're asked to be pretty versatile, but what, what do you particularly like doing in Romeo Cornell's defense? Uh, I mean, for me, just the favorite part of being with the defense is making plays, uh, being, a, being around guys who also make plays, and you know, we both you know, feeding off that energy, being able to uh, – one thing that we stress all the time is stopping the run, being able to go into every week and – being able to actually stop the run, actually make those plays, that's something that I, I take pride in as far as me and as far as the defense. Obviously, this team is headed to the playoffs now, uh, back-to-back years. How different are those games compared to regular season games? I know you guys take every regular season game like it's a big challenge, but mm-hmm. is there something extra special knowing that you're in a postseason when a lot of teams obviously are eliminated and it's just a few teams left out there competing? All right. Uh, and I guess for me, I haven't really had that much of an opportunity. We had that, the uh, one game last year. That was my first playoff game in the NFL. So, like. You obviously want to build on it. Probably yeah, this you year. definitely want to uh, take it further than, than last year. Want to, uh, you know, just taking that, that preparation, going into it, it's definitely a lot more serious. You know, it's, you win or go home. So, that, that's basically my mentality going into it. All right, so with all the stats that you've put up this year, have you surprised yourself in how your year three has gone for you? Is there anything that you want to continue to improve? You've got just a little bit of time left now here through the regular season. Uh, I think there's uh, definitely, with each game, even with the, the games, like all the tackles and stuff like that, there's plays that I've left out there on the field. So I wouldn't really say I'm more surprised myself versus like knowing I could have made more plays out there. You're pretty hard on yourself. You, you watch the film and you're like, I should have done this differently. Right, 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 right. All right, Zach, thank you so much. Don't be a stranger. Come on. <laughs> I'll try not YouTube to YouTube people want to see you on here more <laughs> I often. I got you. I got you. All right. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you very much. Good stuff, as always, from Zach Cunningham. I mean, great stuff on the field because he is just leading the NFL in so many different categories and the Texans as well. And uh, he has just been a stalwart in the middle part of that defense. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Titans. I know it was just two weeks ago that we talked about the Titans, but here we are again. It's week 17 and a scenario that you definitely like to see. The Texans have clinched the AFC South. So week 17, they've got a lot of different options about how they can play this game. The Titans, not so much. They win and they're in or they lose and they go home. So this is really a playoff game for the Titans. And they found themselves in this scenario for the past Two years, so this is the third year in a row that Week 17 has this much weight on it. So it's a big game. They've got a lot of guys coming back from injury. How does Mike Vrabel play this game, and how do they strategize against the Texans? We got into all of it with Jim Wyatt, and here he is on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Just a few weeks ago, Jim, that we spoke, and here we are again. How's it going? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's crazy uh, to have two games within uh, close proximity, but uh, 
that's what we're faced with, and certainly a big game for the Titans uh, end of the Week 17. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the Titans. Obviously, they're in a win-or-go-home scenario, so it is sort of like a playoff game for them. What can you tell us about the other playoff scenarios for Tennessee if they don't win? Yeah, the most important one is for them to win, and uh, and so if you bring up anything but that, you're certainly people are going to uh, get their feathers ruffled around here. But there is, and it's something fans can talk about, obviously. But um, there's a scenario where they can still get in if they lose, as long as Pittsburgh loses and the Colts lose. Uh, you know, you, there's some ties that factor into the scenario, but really, the Titans had, had really hoped to be in a situation where it was a winner in game. Um, and it wasn't like that until uh, the Titans got a loss out of Pittsburgh last week. Um, this is the third year in a row that's been like this for the Titans. Two years ago, they faced the Jaguars in week 17, and they won to get to the playoffs, and then they beat Kansas City and Kansas City before losing to the Patriots. Last year, they were in a winning in scenario in week 17, and they lost the game Marcus Mariota could not play in, and, uh, and their season ended. So uh, it, it certainly would be a lot better if, um, if they had things clinched and, and were in a position where there were questions about who was playing, kind of what Houston faced with this week, but that's where the Titans are in week 17, and they got to figure out a way to make the most of it. It is such a strange situation to be in uh, for the, like you said, the last three years where week 17 is a win or go home game. How does Mike Vrabel handle the week 17 games? I mean, obviously it's not his first time that he's had a game with so much pressure uh, with everything riding on it, but is there anything different in how he's handled it this year as opposed to his previous years? Well, one thing they did do this year, and I, I think last year it was obviously different because they had a quarterback, their starting quarterback, um, you know, was not able to play, and really that news didn't surface until uh, I think the day before the game, and uh, and they've tried to win a game with Blaine Gabbert. Uh, it didn't go so well. You know, season ended with a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Uh, this year it is different. Uh, we know who the starting quarterback is going to be uh, in Ryan Tannehill, and I think it's safe to say we know who the starting running back is going to be in Derrick Henry, but they did in leading up to Week 17. They rested Henry against the Saints in Week 16 to try to get him healthy and ready to go. It was kind of strange to have a Week 16 game not really impact the playoff scenarios that much, and that's why the Titans opted to do what they did last week. And uh, the hope is that he'll be uh, closer to 100% percent and can get back into the form he was in when he ran for over 100 yards four games in a row uh, but that that's you know that's been I guess the biggest build up to this thing I think I think Mike Vrabel's approach it like it's a playoff game I mean um, and I think all players are like that they realize that you know if they don't take care of business on Sunday uh, then season's going to end and they'll be you know clean out their lockers uh, on Monday morning yeah, I think a lot of people were praising Mike Vrabel and the Titans for resting Derrick Henry because they were playing the Saints and it didn't really impact the playoff scenario, knowing that the Texans had won on Saturday. Derrick Henry still second in the AFC in rushing yards even after the week off. What can you tell us? How close would he have been to playing on Sunday had the Texans lost and that game would have been a clincher for the Titans? Do you think that Vrabel or, or, or Derrick Henry would have been able to play or do you think the approach would have been the same? I know I'm sort of asking you to sort of guess, but but how do you think that would have played out? I, I think he would have played. I mean, I, I think if, if the, uh, knowing that the Texans, if the Texans had lost in, in the game in, in the AFC South, 
title hopes were going to be on the line if you went out and you controlled your own destiny. I don't, I don't know how you could uh, rest him. And I haven't asked that question specifically, but just knowing, you know, the way the practice week went last week and Derek Henry was listed as a full participant on Friday. He said on Thursday, Hey, if I'm left, my leg is halfway off. I'm going to play. So, and that's what he had said in previous weeks and he played, but when the Texans, you know, they made a roster move on Saturday. They called up Dalen Dawkins from the practice squad and it was done, you know, but, you know, during the first half of the day, it's not like they waited until the Texans had won and then made that move. It was, it was in the process of being done before that game had started. But I think it was done just to protect themselves in the event they were going to rest Derek. And then I think when they realized, you know, the Week 17 game is is is, is what's go- going to determine our fate. No questions asked. I think that's when they decided uh, they were going to rest him and um, and just try to get him ready for Sunday. I always find that so fascinating. Even this week, uh, the two games that Tennessee sort of will be watching, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, they're both taking place at the same time, so they can't obviously make any decisions knowing the outcomes of those games because they'll be being played out at the same time. Uh, let, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. He threw for three touchdowns and 272 yards in that loss to the Saints, but he was also sacked five times. Uh, what can you tell us about the performance of the offensive line and, and Tannehill's progress even in the last two weeks since these two teams have met well he, he's been really good for the titans i mean it's it's uh it's has surprised me and i think it surprised a lot of people just how effective he's been i watched him in training camp i watched him in practice and i certainly thought if something happened to marcus mariota at some point that he would step in and play well but to, for him to be playing as well as he's playing and to lead the league uh, in pass rating heading into week 17, um, it's pretty remarkable. And I, I think, you know, around here, I, mean, I think the conversation has gone away from which quarterback is this team going to pick in the draft to, you know, is Ryan Tannehill going to be back on a franchise tag or is he going to be back on a long-term deal? Obviously some things have to be worked out, but he has really established himself, you know, I think in the locker room and on the field, uh, protection wasn't as good on Sunday, and that's one of the reasons he's been so successful. He's had time to throw and operate, and he's hung in the pocket. But he was sacked five times on Sunday. I think uh, part of that was because he held the ball too long on at least a couple of them. He's got to get rid of the ball quicker. I think part of it also was because they just you know didn't have uh, a threat in the run game like they had in previous weeks with Derrick Henry. I don't think play action was effect- as effective. I don't think the Saints respected, you know, the run, and they maybe came after Tannehill a little bit more. Uh, you know, the hope and the expectation is that maybe um, with Henry back in there, it'll be better. But uh, you know, they can't afford him to take the hit. He's taken a lot of hits, and, and you know, credit to him for being able to stand a lot of that and keep keep it going. But um, you know, that, that's got to be an area that they limit the hits on him where he can have time to throw. I think one of the, the young players that uh, has really impressed everyone around the league is A.J. Brown, the wide receiver. Last week, Marshawn Lattimore was sort of his uh, blanket the whole game, so he didn't get a lot of catches, but he had a really cool play where he uh, got the pitch from the quarterback and then had a 49-yard rushing touchdown. What about his versatility? How much has that surprised you? Do you foresee them using A.J. Brown a little bit differently in the receiving game uh, moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to try to get him the ball as many times as they possibly can. I mean, it's remarkable. Some of the stats that the team puts out, uh, the media relations uh, core with the team, you know, comes up with a lot of nuggets each week going into games. And I was just kind of reading through some of the ones they had for A.J. Brown, just his big plays. And uh, how many? I think it's 45. I think he has uh, you know, more plays, scrimmage plays of 45 yards or more than any player in the league and he's done it as you mentioned run the ball he's done it catching it he's he's made multiple big really big plays downfield by getting open and getting past the defender he's also made catches in the open field and made guys miss uh, i've seen a lot of you know early picks and he was a second round pick but i've seen a lot of first round picks who have taken time to develop and and certainly never developed the way he has so quickly and that's from Kendall Wright to, to Corey Davis to you know to Tyrone Calico to Kenny Brett I mean a, a lot of these guys have flashed that the Titans have taken early in the draft but uh, this guy has offered so much promise so soon um, and when you start looking at the future uh, you know he's going to be a huge part of it you know he, he kind of has changed their offense and I think you know all of it works together. Taney Hill's having a really good year. Derek Kinner's having a good year. Adrian Brown's having a good year. John U. Smith has really developed and become a weapon of tight end. And I think all of them, uh, their presence makes the other ones more effective. Uh, let's switch gears and talk defense. And that secondary, Dory Jackson, is, is sort of the name that we've come to know over the years. What can you tell us about his status? I saw that he was not practicing this week. I know it's an estimation but uh, how ready do you think he'll be for Sunday's game? And, and what's the concern? Who steps up in case he doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point it's a great bonus if you get him back, but he's been, he has just been not a part of the equation here the last several weeks. He suffered a foot injury uh, in, in Indianapolis earlier this month. He hasn't played since. He, uh, he was on the practice field for one day leading up to the game against the Saints, and then they kind of shut him down. And then here during a, a practice week that's been a little bit different, they practice on Tuesday, and then we're off Christmas uh, Day. And then the you know, practice schedule you know, has him on, had him on the field Thursday, and then they'll be on the field again on Friday. Um, so it's been kind of tough to gauge whether he's made progress, uh, enough progress to play. Um, I think how things go on Friday will kind of really give you a good feel of what his status is going to be. But, you know, Tremaine Brock has stepped in, a guy they you know they acquired late uh, in the season from the Cardinals, has played. I think he's played better in recent weeks. Tyson has stepped up. Logan Ryan has been really the dependable, you know, cornerback for them uh, who's played in, in, in several different spots on defense. I mean, and, and been asked to do a lot of different things. I mean, they've had to make it work. Even with injuries at position, you know they were down. Uh, they're down Malcolm Butler, um, who who suffered a season-ending uh, wrist injury, you know, at the midway point, and now they've been playing without a Dory. They've had Sean Sims, a guy, step up a play that he was hurt, and now he's kind of back in. They've had to really shuffle a lot in the secondary, and uh, and now the hope is that Dory's back at some point, but kind of remains to be seen whether it's on Sunday and if, if he's not back Sunday then you certainly you know, put yourself in a tougher spot. Jim what about for you what stories are you covering as we get through these last few days of the week? I think just Derek I think Derek Henry obviously just how how he looks leading up to the game uh, compared to how he looked in previous weeks I mean that's um, that's 
a big one for me, and uh, and I think it's a big one for the Titans. And then just how the how the team handles you know the pressure at this time around. I, I think they I thought they handled it well going into last year's winning in game. It just unfortunately without Marcus playing, uh, it just was too much to overcome. They made some turnovers in that game. They've got to stay uh, on Sunday. I think the key is to, for them to get off to a good start, not turn the ball over, kind of. Uh, you know, put some pressure on the Texans. And, again, I, I'm curious to see how Bill O'Brien's going to approach things here. I think everybody is um, uh, because he's, he's, he certainly has made it clear he's playing to win, but which players he's playing with is uh, to, to try to win it is, uh, is going to have an impact on this game as well. Certainly will. And you go a lot of different directions. We'll all be watching. It should be a fun game on Sunday here at NRG Stadium. Jim Wyatt, thank you as always for the time and look forward to seeing you here on Sunday. Sounds good. Thank you, JP. After I hung up with Jim Wyatt, I joked with him that if, if somehow the Texans moved up in seating and the Titans won, there's a, a very real possibility that we could be talking again next week. But a lot of things have to happen and that would include the Texans losing. So I'm definitely not hoping for that scenario. But uh, we'll see how this game plays out on Sunday. I think the Titans are all very curious to see which starters the Texans play on the field. And we've got all of that on Sunday. Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. We've got the actives and the inactives list. That's really how we start off the show. We've also got special guest Simone Biles uh, to start off the show. So you don't want to miss it. We'll get into your fan questions with John Harris. And that is the latest up-to-date information about your starting lineup for the Houston Texans in Week 17 as they take on the Tennessee Titans. Well, that's going to do it for our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can check us out on HoustonTexans.com. Follow me at Deep Slant on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you like to do your social media business. And it's going to do it for us. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.